And welcome everybody to a Freakazoid episode of the Animaniacast. And welcome everybody once again to the Animaniacast. This, of course, is the podcast that's dedicated to the animated television series Animaniacs, as well as other shows within the Rugerverse, such as Tiny Toon Adventures, Pinky and the Brain, and Freakazoid. And today, indeed, is a Freakazoid-centric episode. It is Freakazoid, how one show changed the world as we know it. This is the panel audio from WonderCon. WonderCon was generous enough to provide us their footage, and it is really, you know, it's it was a fantastic panel. Wonder, wonderful, wonderful guests, and I uh, can't wait for you to hear it. If you'd rather watch it, however, um, you can always head on over to our YouTube channel, youtube.com slash animaniacast, and you can watch it there as well. Ooh. But... We're going to go and do the audio right here. So, without further ado, here is panel audio from WonderCon. And if you would like Paul and Tom, and who knows who else, to come to the convention near you, let your convention know. And uh, you can always email me as well, animaniacast at gmail.com. And I'll do whatever I can to make sure that Paul and Tom, and maybe even some of these other special guests are able to come to you to talk about Freakazoid or Animaniacs or whatever. Okay, to the panel audio, here we go. Hello, WonderCon! Can I get a hug, bees? Very nice. Welcome, everybody, once again. Uh, we're here uh, at Freakazoid, How One Show Changed the World. As we know it. It's very important. This is the panel to end all panels. So after this, you can just go home. No. I have something for you to do. I'm going to be showing you a word in just a moment. And I'm going to say a word. And when I say that word, I want you to do that thing. Here we go. Scream. Very good, very good. My name's Joey. I am one of the hosts of the Animaniacast. It is a podcast that's actually dedicated to the animated television series Animaniacs, but we also talk about all the other shows in the Rugerverse, such as Tiny Toon Adventures, Pinky and the Brain, and of course today's lovely show, Freakazoid. So, yes. Today, let's go and introduce our wonderful panel. First up, it's one of the funniest and nicest men I've ever met. He's not only a writer and producer on Freakazoid, but he's actually Freakazoid himself. It's the voice of Freakazoid. It's Paul Rugg. Yes. <laughs> the next man is responsible for producing and creating tons of shows that we all know and love such as A Pup Named Scooby-Doo, Hysteria, Road Rovers, Tiny Toon Adventures, and, of course, Animaniacs. It's senior producer and writer Tom Ruger. Very nice. And our next panelist has written some of the most memorable, seg memorable segments of Freakazoid, including Dance of Doom, The Huntsman, 
Mission Freakazoid, and also The Tomb of Invisibo. He's also an author who's written some very funny and insightful books, such as They Took My Prostate and How to Run a Marathon in 13 Years. It's Mr. John P. McCann. Let's get him on here. John. All here. All right, now to a man who's worked on the series for the first season as a producer, designer, and storyboard artist, and director. It's, and also he was a voice actor on the show, too. It's Mitch Schauer. And to the musical married duo responsible for the orchestrations that we hear in shows such as Animaniacs, Pinky the Brain, Hysteria, and of course the show we're talking about today, Freakazoid. It's Steve and Julie Bernstein. <laughs> and not listed on the, on the panel thing, we have a special guest. He's a director of animated series such as Batman the Animated Series, Superman the Animated Series, and of course Justice League, but we all know he would surely be nowhere if he hadn't directed our favorite superhero in red underwear, for Freakazoid's first season, it's Dan Reba. Woo! Now, I think before we go to our lovely panelists, we need to do a little sing-along. So if everyone can get up out of your seats, we're going to sing the Freakazoid theme song. And the, th the words will be posted up on the screen in case you need the help. But here we go. <clears throat> Are we ready? Are we ready? Okay. And away. We go, let's see. Let's give it up. And thank you. Paul, I'm gonna turn it over to you. All right, Joey. Uh, so I've lost my voice a little bit from having done a lot of Freudlevens over the past two days and hobbies and things. So I'm going to I'm going to attempt to do this. Um, we uh, 27 years ago, as if in anticipating this moment, John McCann and I made something called the Making of Freakazoid, and. It pretty much is going to answer all of your questions. There's really no point for us to be up here. So what we thought we'd do is show you this. And I, I can't imagine that you'll have any questions after this. But, but if you do, we will stay. But I, I don't think that's going to happen. So this was, we made this 27 years ago for Comic-Con, uh, where we premiered uh, Freakazoid. And there were four people in the audience. And one of them was an escaped felon. Uh, which gave us one of our best lines, uh, you're popular in a number of state institutions. So here we go for the making of Freakazoid. Let's play. Freakazoid, you've marveled at the action. Been swept away by the romance. I love you. And I love you. Shocked by the suspense. and charmed by its sophisticated wit. Hello! Now, for the first time, we'll show you how it's all done as we go behind the scenes for The Making of Freakazoid. It all starts with a hearty breakfast. 
Every day, each crew member eats 12 pieces of toast and 14 eggs. Not to mention flapjacks. Lots of flapjacks. After a mighty struggle, the writers pitch their weighty ideas. Eventually, a script is completed and sent to the story editor. Auditions are held to find just the right voices. Here's one we rejected. I don't like a pair of eyes. Staring at me. Next, a group of talented actors record the script. The completed tape is sent to the director and his eager team of talented artists. After much overtime, the storyboard is completed. Then broken into grains and poured into a sack for safe shipment by high-speed train to an animation studio in Korea. Look out, woman. Look out, it's a monkey! When the film returns, it's edited, then scored by our composer, a man with an ear for music. A skilled engineer mixes the whole thing together. The final product is given to the censors, who ensure that everything is in good taste. The final stop is your home on Saturday morning. Honey, it's Jack L. Warner. I just love him. Hello, hello, lady in the dress. And afterwards, the whole crew goes out for sausages. Hey, save one for me. And that's how our shows are made. We hope you've enjoyed our little presentation. And now, before we leave you, we'd like to show you this scene of a man wrestling a bear. <laughs> See you in September. So, um, so when when John and I showed that 27 years ago, when the lights came up after that, there was one person left. <laughs> Uh, but anyway, that so I I didn't I can't imagine we need to cover anything else. Uh, no. Uh, no question, right? Yeah. Okay. Okay. So yeah. good night. Okay. Thanks very much. Oh. I, wait, wait, wait. They want to ask questions. Oh, all right. They want to ask questions. All right. Um, oh, we've prepared a lot. <laughs> uh, but we left it all uh, somewhere else. But no, um, um, yeah, so the, uh, we should probably start at the very beginning. <clears throat> and I'm going to try to power through this, and then we'll go to everyone's things. But 27 years ago, Gene McCurdy ran in, into uh, Tom Ruger's office and said, <laughs> Steven Spielberg doesn't want to do Freakazoid as Paul Dini and uh, Bruce Tim want to do it. And there was a problem with that uh, little concept, which is that it was due in like nine months. So he wanted to make it an outlandish comedy, and that's not something Paul Dini and Bruce Tim wanted to do. So it was given to Tom Ruger, and then uh, like 30 seconds after that, he ran into John McCann and I's office and said, I have some unfortunate news for you. Uh, you're going to be working on a superhero show. I don't know what it is. I don't know what he is. I don't know what anything happens, and it's due in nine months, so get writing. Um, 
But that was the gift, believe it or not, of this whole thing because we had no idea. Nobody cared. Uh, I think we were canceled before we even started. So it was like, <laughs> it was like we have nothing to lose here. And um, I'll just tell you one story at the beginning. Tom was, he was crazy. He was like, it's going to be nuts and it's going to be crazy and loony. And John and I were in another room going, okay, how does, how does Dexter become freakazoid? And, and it took us like a week. And then we thought it was about a garage door opener. When someone used a garage door, fr- fr- Dexter would become freakazoid. And we ran into Tom's office. And we said, Tom, we figured it out. And Tom said, I don't care. That's, I could care less. If you're wasting your time with that, we're dead. So uh, he said, just write anything, I don't care. So, uh, and then Freakazoid was born, and the rest is history. <laughs> yeah, the garage door opener stuck with us for a while. I, I don't think we wanted to give that up, exactly, <laughs> but we put so much time in, it's called a sunk cost fallacy. <laughs> but, uh, um, St- Stephen had... Uh, Stephen Spielberg, by the way. <laughs> by the way, Mitch Showered uh, was the uh, director and designer of that beautiful uh, main title you just saw. So. Mitch Showered. so one of the first... First smart idea, getting these two guys writing it. Uh, second smart idea, Gene McCurdy brings in Mitch Shower to direct. And how did you get dragged into this? I called you, Tom. <laughs> No, Tom was very nice and, and said, we're doing this crazy project over here. Would you like to join us? So I, I said, sure, I'd love to. So I, I joined them in uh, March of 95. And I was put in an office that I wasn't going to have. It was a nice big office. But you won't be sitting here. But uh, Bill Dubay, an art director, came in with a big stack of art in his arms. He just dumped it on the desk and it says, we have to be on air in September. So between March and September, which we did, we made it, mm-hmm. uh, we had six full crews. We inherited the seventh crew during that production process of very, very talented people, and we were able to accomplish what you've seen. So good, kudos to them. And if you don't mind, I'm going to just tell a quick little story about... So in that time period, Paul, John, uh, Dan, and, and Mitch, they were just churning out stuff and we were shipping things as quickly as we could overseas and we were getting things back and so we got our first footage back in August and we're going to go on the air in September. Now for Tiny Toons and Animaniacs we had been getting stuff months in advance so we had like less than a month to call retakes, get fixes, uh, score it. I mean for uh, Julie and and Steve and Richard Stone they had very little time to score it. So uh, so we get this footage back, and we're very excited because it looks pretty good. And so we send it over to Stephen, and I'm going to read you uh, a little tiny transcript from a phone call with Stephen. Now, we don't have many transcripts of phone calls from... No, I, but we're selling them at our booth afterwards. Yes, or at our booth. <laughs> and he said, uh, I, I loved all the stuff. Uh, well, he didn't say that, actually. <laughs> um, um, the moron thing because that was one of the first things we sent over. There's moron, and there's, uh, he said, the moron thing, let's bury that. Uh, uh, We don't need to see that. Let's put that in the very last episode of the season. So this is is stuff we wrote in January. We've gotten it back in August. Now, since 
January. We've written some stuff for Moron. So he's telling us, I never want to see Moron again. <laughs> and I know that there's like a half-hour episode coming in that's all Moron. So uh, we changed his name to Boron. And uh, if it doesn't, uh, and, but he, he liked Handman. But so uh, I said, well, Stephen, we do have a, a problem because we do have an episode coming up. So we're going to show you the end of that episode. It, you might be reminded of uh, what that episode was. Yes, and, here we and go. And Stephen, when he saw this, he was like, oh, my God, what are you doing? All right. <laughs> Chubikins, you come out here this instant, you bad cat! You, you, you're not Mr. Chubikins! <laughs> I don't get this. What is this? That Dexter gets eaten and then fade out the end? Where's Freakazoid? Well, he's, uh, he's not in this episode. Not in it. But he's the star of the show. What are you thinking? Well, <laughs> we were thinking of maybe ending the episode early today. And showing some more Animaniacs reruns. Oh. I like that. <laughs> it's time for Animaniacs. And we're saying it to the max. So just sit back and relax. You'll laugh when you come No, 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 we can't do it. <laughs> okay, that's, yeah. which was pretty much the way Stephen uh, was feeling at that moment. However, uh, we, we finally uh, hit him in the sweet spot, and he, he really loved the show, and I'll read you some memos for him later on. We're also selling the memos uh, <laughs> at, at, at our booth. Um, yes. I have something here for Stephen Julie I want to show. I have a, I have a picture of something that out of context, I have no idea what it means, but I would love you to, to tell us about it. It's this cake right here. <laughs> I, I do believe that was, wasn't that you, Paul, who said too many notes? I, well, yeah, from Amadeus. Uh, yeah. Yeah, because as you know, the kids love all that reference. <laughs> um, Which this this like was our very last scoring session. Yeah. Right? Yeah. yeah. Where Richard Stone, we decided, we had like, a, a lot of money left, but we were already canceled, so we spent it all on this cake. <laughs> and, and the session, I think. Yep. Yeah. Uh, and the royalties for We'll Meet Again. Right, yes, yes, yes. How important was the scoring for, for Freakazoid? Like, well, how difficult was this? The it was the were... most important part of Freakazoid. <laughs> I agree, right? <laughs> I mean, without the music. <laughs> it's not funny. Um, <laughs> It was, it, it was a blast to do, and sometimes it was very difficult because we would, without the music, we would be laughing so hard. It was really hard to get to work. It's, it's one of the few shows that we get back. Of course, it has no music on it yet, and we watch it and laugh before we're involved. So yeah. uh, it, was, it was really something. And uh, what was it, where was I going with this? I have no the show idea. is Freakazoid, no Steve. 
<laughs> Too many notes. Okay. <laughs> yeah. No, I think that that was because um, we were sort of left to write whatever we wrote. We yeah. didn't get a lot of notes from you guys about, you know, please change this, please change that. So finally, you just said too many notes. Yes. Too many notes. Take some out. <laughs> well, also, our, our very last episode was a show called Norma Deus, which was a parody of right. uh, Amadeus right. uh, with Norm Abram, master carpenter from PBS, because the kids <laughs> adore him. And... Uh, <laughs> And we decided, let's, let's get Norm Abram. That'll, that'll drive the three-year-olds nuts. And, um, uh, yeah, so, so it, was, it was, all came together in that very last picture. <laughs> and the cake was really good. Yeah. <laughs> I, I, go ahead, Tom. Let's get Dan Reba to chime in on uh, his first uh, directing experiences with Freakazoid. What? What? Oh. <laughs> <laughs> oh gee. Yeah. Um, let's yeah. see. Yeah. Um, 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 um. I, I remember animating some lightning for the very first thing for the for the weather report thing. That was the very first thing that I did, um, and uh, and then uh, boy, the first thing I, I used to remember doing a lot of stuff for the chip, where uh, <laughs> it was just so long and and so wonderful, but it was such a long show that. Um, that it was over the length of, the, of a regular show. So I'm, I go to Tom and I go, well, what do we cut? We have to cut something. It, 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 something. And we're like, nothing, nothing gets cut. <laughs> what? <laughs> and so we extended the show and we made it a, a one and a half part show. And, <laughs> and that's how we cut, that was the thing. Our show was very long. Uh, people had so much fun at the recordings and they just extended everything that, you know, so we, uh, we just left everything in. Yeah, one of the reasons it we were evil. long on that particular show is uh, I made the mistake of writing at the very beginning of that episode uh, the, an intro by Jack Valenti, exactly. the president of the Motion Picture Association <laughs> of America, who says, hello, I'm Jack Valenti, and I get a lot of notes about Freakazoid, and, uh, and then Stephen read it, and he said, you know what? I can get you Jack Valenti. Yeah. And we were like, oh, okay. And... The next thing we know, Jack Valenny is going to be coming. So it was like, well, if you're going to get Jack Valenny, you're going to have to mention the motion picture rating system. And uh, that was an extra literally five, ten minutes of, um, because Stephen's like, kids love the rating system. And um, so we actually wrote that. Ladies and gentlemen, the president of the Motion Picture Association of America, (laughs) Mr. Jack Valenti. Hello, I'm Jack Valenti. And these are my cheeks. You know, we get a lot of letters here at the Motion Picture Association of America, and most of them are about my cheeks. Still, there have been a few letters asking us all about Freakazoid. Letters like this one from Miss Ida Lupins of Santa Susana City. And she writes, Dear Mr. Valenti, I like your cheeks. (laughs) I'd like to know how Freakazoid got his start as a superhero. What were the special circumstances? My home is made of adobe. Well, Miss Lupins, you're in luck. As it just so happens, we've produced a special little motion picture about Freakazoid's origins that's filled with action and adventure and even features a scene with a man wrestling a bear for no reason. So sit back, relax, and enjoy Freakazoid's origins. There we go. Uh, Now? No? Our feature presentation. Et voici mon ami Gilles. 
Mi mosca es muy fea. Es gibt Hachenfleisch in mein Hosen. <laughs> okay, so when, when we recorded that, um, I forgot I put all that in about, this, I'm Jack Valenti and these are my cheeks. And um, now if you look up, when you go home, you look up Jack Valenti, he was part of the, the, of, the, of the Lyndon Johnson administration. He was a very big, important individual. And he was sitting there and I'm in the booth and I'm like, ah, and then he's go, he starts reading the script and I remember, oh my gosh, I mentioned his cheeks. <laughs> and he just starts reading, hello, I'm Jack Valenti and these are my cheeks. And, uh, and I thought, oh, I'm dead. And he's like, I like that because I have very big cheeks. And I'm like, yes, exactly. Go with that. <laughs> and then he did the rating system. Look it up. You'll enjoy it. <laughs> the line, Eskip Hockenfleisch in mein Hosen is German for there is ground beef in my trouser. <laughs> Yes. Two years of college German. It wasn't wasted. <laughs> <No. coughs> uh, Emmett Nervin, I don't know if you've ever seen this character. Uh, uh, Mitch Schauer, can you tell us who Emmett Nervin might have been or was? In, uh... Uh, I just wanted to have a character that just shows up everywhere and has no meaning, has no point to the character. It, he's kind of like a zealot. Almost. Yeah, Zelig, yeah. And uh, I just wanted to design this character that's always grinning, and he's always <laughs> at the end of his, this intensity that he has, but he's so happy to be there. <laughs> and it's just one drawing. We never animated him. He was just one drawing. Uh, we, did, we did once. Oh, we did. In, in, in Island of Dr. Mystico, right. he, he plays a dance hall chanteuse who, uh, <laughs> who does a little kick step through the episode. It was very stupid. And at the end of the episode, we always said, find six Emmett Nervins in the episode. Yes, that was, that was always fun for me as a fan of the show, like rewinding my VHS tape at the end of the episode to find, well, I missed one. Oh, yeah. <laughs> getting there. And I can't think of one more time he, he was in, it was the, uh, and moving, was uh, the Freakazoid and Friends song. I think he was yes. in the little was run the right there. Was the second season? Right. <laughs> Might have been the second season. First, season. No. first season. Oh, there we go. Okay. I was I on this show? Yes, you were. Well, you know, Mitch was on the show, though, in other ways than just as a, as a series producer and designer director, of course. He was actually one of the voice actors. And how many of you remember the, the spooky episode, House of Freakazoid? This is very... Ooh, he was just, it was an intense episode. I think we, if we show a clip of that right now, that'd be great to, to hear Mitch's delivery as Lonnie Talbot. I thought that if I knew how Freakazoid changed back and forth, that I might be able to end this terrible... Yes, that is intense. <laughs> we have some questions. We have one right there. Hello. Oh my gosh, <laughs> your ears went like that when you said, oh my. Oh, wow. <laughs> I know, my one ear is broken. Okay. Uh, okay, so look, we had gotten the Animaniac Animaniacs back. When's Freakazoid coming back? Yeah. 
Yeah. We don't know. I mean, if you guys, we're, uh, we'll start a, uh, like a GoFundMe um, <laughs> if you want. No, you know what? Um, okay. All right. Woo. All right. I'll, I'll give you my personal checking account <laughs> later. Um, uh, here's the deal. Uh, Warner Brothers, they did not in, uh, like the show. They ever. Um, so, but, you know, you never know that someone, if you guys made enough noise, they might say yes. But the, the worry is that they would make it a little different than it, than it was. And uh, here's an example. Like two years, three, three year, years ago, I got a call from someone at Warner Brothers and they were just, they were just wondering. And they said, um, and as we had the conversation, they, they, they said, well, at the very beginning, what you want to do is you want to have Freakazoid, uh, you know, come on and, and fight people and stuff right at the beginning because the kids love that. And I said, you've re- never actually watched our show. <laughs> and he goes, no, uh, no, but, you know. So uh, chances are not good. <laughs> All right, fine. Again, again, I will give you my personal contact info, uh, PayPal, Venmo. We accept it all. <laughs> Uh, honestly, I think if you really want the show back, and uh, with Stephen, uh, with with Stephen, with uh, Paul and and the gang, you know, letters to Stephen and and Warner Brothers would probably be one way to start that ball rolling. Yeah, because uh, honestly, now I know there's been a lot of controversies about this Animaniacs, Pink in the Brain, Freakazoid, other things. This, I'm, I, I'm actually not kidding. This was Stephen's favorite show um, because we have a memo that Tom's gonna read right now. (laughs) And we have featured this memo in one of our episodes. All right, uh, this is, uh, we've been on the, is that when we went on the the air in 95? Yep. So we've been on the air for two months. He said, uh, dear Freakazoid gang, I'm real proud of the chances you guys are taking in the stories and situations of Freakazoid. Congratulations, it is my favorite show on television. Well, it's a tie with ER. <laughs> Keep having funny thoughts. He also wrote uh, another one about that conference room thing with him, and he, he was shocked. <laughs> uh, anyway, I love the chances you're taking with this show after we saw that clip that we saw earlier. Furthermore, it gives me a little more insight into uh, <laughs> your gang's commercial career dementia. I- <laughs> I love it. <laughs> so there you go. Thank you. Thank You're you. welcome. <laughs> Hi. Hello. Hi. <laughs> uh, I know a lot of stuff gets. Uh, uh, I know a lot of stuff gets cut off uh, during production, but I'm kind of curious. Uh, was there? Uh, did you actually have any plans to ha- feature more candle chat? Oh no! <laughs> candle. You know, you could have just said Candle John, it would have worked, we would have gotten it. But you went for it, and you're gone. No. Be careful out there, people. Oh. Oh. By the way, I just have to say, I, uh, I'm parched. I need some water, and I'm cold water. Steph! <laughs> Stephaloni! Oh, good. There she is. <laughs> she came and she she made the step and we thought we'd do a comedy bit <laughs> <laughs> sit down <laughs> yes sir you ne- you're next hey afternoon everyone 
Hi. Hello. Uh, question. Uh, do you guys realistically think the show will ever be released in HD or on Blu-ray? Hmm. Uh-huh. Goodness. <laughs> Uh, yes, of course. Sure. <laughs> we, we would have to convert it from the original 4789. <laughs> I don't know what that means. We, 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 we don't know. We, it should be, right? Yes. Yes. I have heard rumors that, that you know, Warner Brothers does have the actual film of, of oh, the show and everything. Right. Lots of, you know, Negatives, if, they, yeah. if, again, people online or wrote letters and said that they would like that to be remastered and everything on Blu-ray 4K or what have you, then, yeah, we could get it done, right? Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. cool. Thank you. Thanks. I adore the show. I've always loved so many things about it. But I actually, the one thing I love to ask a question about is the style of music of the theme. I don't know what exactly you would call it. It's sort of like swing, sort of like big band. But is there a specific genre that you might identify the theme as being? You may answer. Well, yeah. I, um, it's the theme's by Richard Stone. And I believe that was one of his Emmy-winning productions. He won an Emmy for the theme. Uh, and it, Tom, correct me if I'm wrong, he, he submitted like 10, 15 different versions of a theme. Yes. This is, it, is it not blues, re- this, blues progression? Yeah, it's a, it's a blues progression a blues in terms progression. of the harmony, uh, but definitely big band swing. That we, the orchestra that we used was heavy on the brass and saxophone, so that was the direction that the show went and um, the most fun to write with. And you like that one the best, right, Tom? Yeah, I, we, we based this one on a Manhattan Transfer song. I wrote the lyrics to some song from Manhattan Transfer, and I, and I handed them over to Richard, and he wrote a better piece of music for the lyrics, yes. <laughs> well, thank you yeah. very much. Hi, uh, there's a uh, joke in the convention episode you've mentioned earlier. Um, the Yogi Bear is made of metal sign that Tom Minton holds um, is a cameo. I was wondering, what was the origin of that gag? The personality of Tom Minton. <laughs> oh my. Tom was capable of coming up with the uh, unusual and, uh, uh, un, you know, Remarkable things on a variety of issues. And, and if he had mentioned Yogi Bear was made of metal, there would have been a story to that that would have continued long into the night. So we thought, why not and put it there? Thank you. I'm still hoping to see a Fred Flintstone versus and fight in the near future. You know, John, that, I want to actually, to, to take a moment before the next question, to showcase... Uh, John McCann's not only, of course, wrote some of the funniest lines in Freakazoid and funniest episodes, but the, he is featured as, do you guys know he was the voice actor of Dexter's dad, Douglas Douglas? Which the name alone is hilarious. And? And, well, I think we'll just show the okay. clip and we'll surprise people because I was shocked when I found this out. Let's go and get to this clip here of John as uh, Douglas That's Douglas. That's all wrong, hon. Don't tell me how to mark off time in prison. See, dear, each vertical line represents one day. Then on day five, we use a little slash. Later, as years of horrible imprisonment pass, we can count our time in a jiffy.
the sky he flies around. When he's not, he's on the ground and fighting monsters big. Ah! And monster big. I must succeed! Yes, that's right. John McCann, also the voice of Hero Boy. Oh my gosh. Insane. I, I, I forget where I, I read, uh, you know, on Reddit or something like that, but somebody was attempting to explain Hero Boy. And they said he, he's like Astro Boy, but he attacks monsters energetically but ineffectively. <laughs> <laughs> Couldn't argue. Couldn't argue. All right. Let's go to our next question. Hey, guys. Huge fan. Um, I was wondering, um, I was in middle school when Tiny Toons came out. And if you go back and rewatch like Tiny Toons and Animaniacs and then get to Freakazoid, you can kind of see the humor sort of morph into its like surreal state that it, it's in. <laughs> and did you realize that you were inspiring a whole bunch of shows that came out after Freakazoid, like Archer and Aqua Teen and... Teen Titans Go, which is a Warner Brothers product. You mean the, the Thebes? The Thebes, and, yeah. yeah. Uh, 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 let's just say they owe us some money. Okay. No, I mean, uh, I think we took a lot to be borrowed a lot from Python mm -hmm. and, and all kind, kinds of things. And I think there's a natural progression to being influenced by certain things. So that would be my answer to that. But also it was stealing and I'm going to tell. <laughs> but yeah, that, uh, natural evolution. And, and we're sort of glad that we were at least uh, in the line. Yeah. Let's talk about Ed Asner real quick for just oh. a moment. If we can. <laughs> yeah. How did you folks get Ed involved in the show? Oh, well, uh, well uh, you go, John. <laughs> well, I, think, I think Andrea got him because he was available. Right. But, you know, <laughs> he's still a star, but uh, it started out he was just a voice for the character of Sergeant Cosgrove for, you know, it was only going to be that one, one It was going to be one bit. He was just going to come on, do that, and go his way, but we, we so enjoyed the you know, the sort of chemistry between Cosgrove and Freakazoid. Um, the, oh, why not? Why don't we just keep going and see where it leads? It, it, it led in a loop, really, if you think about it, because it, they just came, kept coming up with unusual places to go in the middle of a story, and that <laughs> bought us time to think about what we were supposed to do. Well, let's, but, let's, let's show that right now, I think. Okay, let's show, some, let's show an example of Cosgrove and Freakazoid's uh, call to actions. Nothing will stand in my way. Hey, Freakazoid, want to go out for a mint? Okay. You want to go to the Honey Harvest Festival in Acton? You want to go out for a snow cone? Want to go see a bear ride a motorcycle? Want to go to Spumoni Land? You want to go build a go-kart? You want to head over to the Great Hall of Spackle? I've got a two-for-one coupon for the mud baths. You interested? I want to go see Babeheart. It's about a cute little pig that slaughters the English. Hey, Cosgrove, how come you never got married? Because I like meat too much. You could be married and still eat a lot of meat. I didn't know that. <laughs> that's a real monkey. No, that's some guy in a suit. Okay, but now that's a real monkey. No, that's another guy in a suit. Okay, I see what you're saying now. There, that's a guy in a suit. No, that's a guy in a suit. 
that's a real monkey. How can you tell? It's obvious, Cosgrove. There. Now that's a real monkey. That's a guy in a suit. We're gonna have to see this again. <laughs> yes. Ed, Ed was, um, he had such a fun time showing up and, and doing this. And I don't know if John and, and uh, Tom both remember this, but the way we sort of settled on the voice of Cosgrove is he was, he was in the booth looking over this copy, just reading it to himself while the speakers were on. And we were all sitting there. And he's like, all right, Treasure Mark Cosgrove. He was just reading it. He wasn't even acting it. And these two went, that is what we want. <laughs> True story. <laughs> How about your other co-stars? Some of your other... Uh... Uh, well, um, uh, Ricardo Montalban, God bless him, was absolutely amazing. And Ricardo had such a great time uh, actually doing it. Well, do, I think we have a clip. Should we show, can we show a little sure, clip of Ricardo? Let's, let's, let's see if the, the... He loved playing around. Yes, let's get right to Ricardo, who is on my list. Here we go. At least let the light go. No, I cannot. Why? Because he tasks me. He tasks me. Round the moons of Snibia, I chuckle at thee. Beyond the Corpian clouds, I chuckle more at thee. Revenge is a dish best served with pinto beans and muffins. Kirk, old friend, I... Oh, sorry. Goodbye. <laughs> so, when we recorded that, I remember, and we were like, all, so, Ricardo, this is the deal, and you're going to... He goes, I understand the Georg. I understand. I will do it, okay? Okay, yeah, okay, you do it. <laughs> Okay, do we, we do have a few uh, time for a few more questions, if that's possible, but the lights are off. So, hey, look at the lights are back on. Hi. Hi. Wow. I didn't think I'd have to follow Ed Asner and Ricardo Montemont. <laughs> <laughs> Being an animated show, there's, you know, certain gags you keep and certain gags you have to cut, unlike live television where you can do take after take after take. And it's so apparent y'all had so much fun uh, making the show and you're, you're all having so much fun together, but how hard was it to make those calls? Because there's so many brilliant asides and random pieces and some of the clips we just saw, like how did that decision process happen in the writer's room for you all? Uh, number one, we didn't have a writer's room. Uh, we were so short on time. It was like, there was like, John was writing one thing, I was writing another, Mitch was doing thing, Dan was doing his thing, the Bernsteins were all writing and stuff. We were just all doing our thing and we were having a, like a great time, like no editing, no talking, no worrying about it. And, and Tom was sort of compiling it all going, fine, in, 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 yeah, we in. Weren't, we weren't cutting. We, by the time we were, went on the air, we were using every piece of footage we had. Yeah. Uh, yeah. So we didn't cut anything. <laughs> That's why you have uh, little segments there, you know, like, uh, you know, be careful of the lip sync, and there'd be a lip syncing into the water. It, it, it didn't necessarily make sense for Freakazoid, <laughs> but we had the footage. Yeah, and the other thing is we had an editor named Al Breitenbach, uh, especially yeah. on the se second season, who would find pieces of stock footage of weird things, and he would go, I think I have something really weird to put in the show today. <laughs> and we'd be like, what is it? It's a monkey. It's a monkey doing, and, and we would just throw it in, and, and we would extend things. Some, sometimes you cut things. There's, a, there's a, a shot of Freakazoid running, 
and we, we literally had it go on for f 45 seconds and we're like that's let's just do that and that's how the show worked <laughs> we didn't care yeah paul paul had a great system for writing you know we all have the same amount of time to get the stuff done and the clock is ticking but he'd write one paragraph and then he'd look at that paragraph and then sometimes he'd move up to a page <laughs> And then he'd stop and he'd delete the whole thing. And meanwhile, I'm, you know, I'm, you know, cranking it out. And I said, are you going to do this or not? You know, and so he would wait. And then about Thursday with the script due Friday, he would sit down and it would all come out. You know, it was, it was like a, a volcano, something <laughs> subterranean. It was bubbling up there. It looked like he was, you know, just milking it. But no, he was working the whole time. But a lot of it was ad-libbed. That's the other thing, too. While we were working off of scripts, you guys were, like, in the recording booth, actually. You, you did so much wonderful stuff on the fly in the recording room. So we were, like, boarding to stuff that was written, and then we'd get a recording that was like, oh, my gosh, this is not the same at all. <laughs> yeah, we did But that. it was wonderful. It was so funny that it was just like, okay, we're just adding to it. So instead of cutting, we're adding and adding. Sorry to interrupt, but this is an example of the ad-libbing. Goodbye. Stop the singing now. End the singing song. Stop. Go. Enough with the song. Stop. Bring it down. Calm down. Stop. <laughs> Everybody's go with me on this side of the room. Everybody down. <laughs> and and that was all. Improv, that, right? That was, so, yeah, that was pretty much improvised. And uh, John McCann wrote this beautiful episode, and, and at some point, Tom said, now go crazy and do silly things. And I didn't even have the job yet. This was not, this was me. I went into a room, because we couldn't find anyone to play Freakazoid, and Tom said, just go in a room and show someone what you think it sounds like. Um, and, and that was that. And then I got the job based on that stupidity right there. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Looks like we, uh, we have time for uh, one more question. And I think we might have a, a special, maybe a special guest by phone. So, yes. Hello. <laughs> Me again. Hello. Hi. Um, I had a question. What happened to Free Gazette? What was the plan for her? Steph. Ooh. Freak is that? It was Steph. <gasps> oh, I know. <laughs> I knew it. Well, no, we don't really know what. We, we were, if had we got a third season, you would have seen a lot of her. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Along with Foamy the Freaka Dog. Yeah. Yes. That would have been a great team up. Um, you know what? We were, uh, we were maybe going to get a call from... Oh, a call from Steven? Steven was going to call in. Oh, I, I dropped something on the ground. Oh, okay. Oh. Everybody sign this. Okay. I, he, he's calling right now. Wait, wait, wait. I'm looking for my We'll give it to somebody. Nice. Uh, uh, Steven? Hi, this is Steven Spielberg. How are you? Oh, this is great. We're, we're... I just adore Frank. Sorry. And, uh, and I think that Paul Rugg is a genius. <laughs> I really do. Well, Paul, yeah. should I get him on the phone? Should I get no, Paul? No, no, no. Is he around? I'd love to talk. I, 
He's really close. I could get him. No, uh, that's all right. Nancy's calling me back. You, you mean Kate Capshaw? Yes, that's right. Yes. Anyway, good to see you, Tom. Please what? give Tom a, a Paul a hug for me. Uh, and uh, tell the others that I love them. They, he loves you all. He loves okay, you all. Bye-bye. Thanks. Oh, bye. Oh, bye. Oh, that's too bad. Oh, my pen. Oh, good. You just missed him. Oh, what you doing? Well, I think think that's, I think, I, I, oh my gosh, we have a lovely thing. Folks, before we wrap things up and say goodbye to you all, I just want to remind you all that, that all these folks are going to be down, Paul and Tom are down at E01 and E02 in Hall C. And look at that wonderful picture right there just by Mitch. This was drawn just right here by Mitch Shower. And uh, he's available, I believe. For, uh... <laughs> come visit all of us. We haven't been together as a group for 27 years. So come, come down and hang out with us. Yes. Downstairs. All right, good. Come on down. Thank you guys so much for coming. And we'll see you downstairs. Well, so long, we're done. Not quite. Now we're done. This podcast is not endorsed by Warner Brothers or Amblin Entertainment and is intended for entertainment and information purposes only. Animaniacs, Tiny Toon Adventures, Freakazoid, the Warner Brothers logo, all names, pictures, and sounds are registered trademarks and or copyrights of their respected trademark and copyright holders. All original content of this podcast is the intellectual property of the Animaniacast unless otherwise indicated.